Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, okay, so thank you for being a part of my interview. Um, my name is George Quintero. I have recently declared kinesiology as my major. Um, I'm a sophomore here at APU, and I want to ask how, um, how you managed to get into this program. No problem. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to help you out with this. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, what what was your name again? My name is Samantha <laughs> Shea Nicholas. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what exactly inspired you to be a part of this program? I wanted to be a part of this program because it allows me to still study the human body while also um, pursuing what I want to do in the future, which is becoming a PD uh, physician's assistant, a physician's assistant. Okay. And one thing we all struggle with as students is making sure that we are on the right track, right? Um, So do you know your expected graduation date? Yes. So... As of right now, my expected graduation date is December 2020. December 2020. Yes. Okay. And why exactly did you choose the AES? Um, I chose this because I used to be an allied health major, but I switched to kinesiology because I learned that I'm still able to go the PA route and still study the same, almost the same things, um, as I was in as an allied health major. The only difference is, in my opinion, um, while I am still learning the science aspect in kinesiology, there's a lot more patient care involved. And that's something that I think is very necessary when becoming a PA. Okay, sounds good. And do you have any certifications so far? Yes, I am CPR certified and I have my first aid done. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm also taking those classes right now and uh they <laughs> I want to say fun cuz it, it is a serious course, but I mean it is really in, in, exciting and interesting to be a part yeah, of. It really is. It's honestly probably my one of my favorite courses that I've taken thus far just because it's definitely something that I can use out there in the real world. Yeah. Um, like hands-on especially. Yeah, and, and that's the main thing we want, especially here in the medical department, right? We want to make yeah. sure we have more emphasis on uh, being able to treat our, our patients with care that they need. Um, sorry. Um, so what would you say is your next step after this? Once you do finish um, your college career, like what's your first step for your career, your field? Um, what exactly do you plan on doing after this? So my plan is to apply to PA school. However, before I do that, I want to take at least a one-year gap year. Um, And within that year, I plan on going to EMT school as well. And then after that, becoming an EMT. And that way, I'd get both hands-on experience as well as money that I can use to either, one, pay off the loans uh, from these four years of college here at APU, or use it to help pay for my um, PA school when I go to it.
Okay. Sounds good. And your career goal is being a PA, right? Yes. Uh, preferably a surgical PA for a pediatric oncologist. But if that's not the case, then just a surgical PA for whoever I can. And if not that, just a PA for whichever. I just want to be able to use my knowledge, uh, my medical knowledge to help um, anyone in any way that I can, whether that be through sports medicine, whether that be working under a doctor, whether that be working on urgent care, um, anything is fine with me. I just want to be able to help people within the health field. Okay, sounds good. And do you have any general advice for um, a college freshman or transfer student or anyone who's actually picking up the um, career? I mean, not career, but the major kind of late, like like I am? Um, well, for uh, incoming freshmen or transfer students in general, if you're just coming here to APU um, and you're still unsure of what to major in, my my biggest advice would be to utilize the utilize the fact that you have a bunch of classes and a bunch of professors at your disposal to learn from and because of that you should definitely engage and not be afraid to ask questions um, even if it may sound stupid because at the end of the day these questions and understanding the answer to these questions these are going to set the foundation for whatever you decide to major in in the future. When it comes to being a kinesiology major, I think, again, the biggest, my biggest piece of advice is to get to know your professors, get to know the professors within the kinesiology department, even if you don't specifically have them as a professor in your classes. Mm -hmm. And I say this because these professors will not only give you a lot of advice on what to do in your classes not only will they be able to help you understand the material but they will also be the connections to outside sources um, whether that be for internships or for job opportunities or just have them be the person to point you in the in the right direction for where you want to go in your career okay sounds good Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other r- advice relating to being a kinesiology major besides your opportunities, your connections, um, obviously keeping in touch with uh, your professors and making sure you, you do engage while you learn? Um, I think another piece of advice I would give is to really, really, um, even in the introductory classes like this foundations class and your emergency care and clinical skills class um, use like all of these early on classes make sure you retain all of this information because yes when you go into your upper div classes for kinesiology it's gonna be it's gonna feel repetitive but you need it because it's literally going to set the foundation I know it's it's literally in the name of the class itself, but <laughs> to understand and like fully know it, like like knowing the back of your hand, you're going to need all of these very, very basic things when going into your upper division classes. And if you just, uh, pardon my French, but half fast your classes now, yeah, you are not going to do well in your upper division classes. 
you're pretty much setting yourself up for failure and we wouldn't want that not as somebody who's paying this much money to go to school here but also as a as someone going into the medical field you just don't want to be someone like you don't you wouldn't want to have someone who's taking care of you like constantly hesitating on oh I think this is right or you don't want the person who's taking care of you to constantly have to turn to someone else and be like oh wait uh, can you double check if I'm doing this right like we want our health care professions professionals to know what they're doing we want to have faith that they have this knowledge and we will we don't want to second guess them yeah of course like I mean I'm sure no one wants to have the person who like barely knows their terminology being their like you know their doctor or something when they can't really communicate something to the next person in line who's gonna be treating the person you know exactly. they, they want to make sure that they get the right treatment that's needed and the right diagnosis as well so mm-hmm. I, I mean it's all about trust too when you come when it comes down to patients and you can't really build that if you don't really know what you what you're being taught exactly yeah um so how because this is for anyone struggling um with finding their real passion at our age because i know everyone's gonna be switching majors like here and there and like no one's really committed yet um Mm -hmm. what sort of drive did you have when committing to this major and when did you know that this was meant for you um see the thing is for me i don't think that it was the major that, mm-hmm. you know, um, how do I phrase this? At the core of it all, I knew what I wanted to do in the future. Not exactly what profession, but I knew that I wanted to help people within the medical field. And I knew that that was a passion of mine that I had. I, I want to take care of people through a health perspective. And that opens the door to all of these opportunities, whether it be, you know, being a nutritionalist, being a, um, being a personal trainer, being a physical therapist, being a physician's assistant, being a doctor, being a nurse, all of these options are available to me. And I think it just took a lot of schooling and a lot of talking to, you know, my superiors, a lot of talking to mentors a lot of finding what really interested me to finally say that like you know what I'm really really good with kids and I think that the science within children is really interesting so I want to do something that involves children something health-wise that involves children and then as I grew older I realized hey you know what cancer is something that's very very prevalent in this in the world but it's something that we don't really understand much of but yet we know all of these types of cancers and there has to be some way to try to lessen the pain within these children's uh, within these children's lives there has to be a way to try to you know at least um lengthen the time that somebody has who you know, who has terminal cancer or, you know, a way to just remove cancer all in all. And so that's how I 
decided, you know, I kind of want to be working alongside a pediatric pediatric oncologist Mm -hmm. as a, and it wasn't until um, I, me personally, knowing that, yes, I love school and I love learning new things, but I also have like very, very, a very short, um, I have ADD. And so like my attention isn't the greatest at some time, at some points. So Mm -hmm. if I were to become a pediatric oncologist, a doctor in that sense, my focus would be there, but it would take me a lot longer than just an additional seven years after my undergraduate college. Whereas if I were to be a surgical PA for a pediatric oncologist, I could still work alongside them without having to have that extra seven, eight, nine years um, of schooling. And so that's kind of what set me to the path that I'm on right now. Yeah. Okay. And with that being said, like along with your path, um, I know that with health professions, there's a certain kind of prerequisite to go to uh, grad school. Um, do you have any advice for the upcoming students, like freshmen or any any of us transfers, um, for classes and like knowing what kind of grad school you want to go to and like knowing how you meet those prerequisites or um, letters of rec, anything related to that topic? So when it comes to grad schools, when you apply, it's really based off of where you want to go, what you're looking into. This is where, like, a lot of research into the schools you're applying for comes into. Um, it, like I said, it really is all dependent on what you yourself or what these freshmen or incoming transfer students want to get into. Uh, that's pretty much going to be the basis of, oh, okay, I realize that I want to stay in SoCal. Or, no, I want to go out of state. Or do I even really want to do this? It's going to be a lot of internal questions for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then from there, once you decide, depending on, you know, what the primary, ask, um, not primary, um, the main thing for the school is, um, like whether that's PT school or PA school or VO, um, Sorry, um, that's how you'll form your letters of recs. Like I said earlier, make sure you maintain connections with your professors here, especially because you're you're not only they not only see you grow in knowledge, but they'll also see you grow as a person. And with that, they can incorporate both your knowledge and your personal life, your personal experiences in your letters of recs that you're going to have to send to your. Um, to your graduate schools yeah so that's what i think Mm -hmm. and yeah of course like it's also based on like what you want to go to like say i want to be a pt i know there's very specific um, prerequisites to get there um but what i'm doing is i'm going through health professions the only thing is from what i've um, understood is um that catalog we receive to be a part of these classes sometimes they don't meet the entire prerequisites of the grad school. So now we have to research it on our own, you know? Yeah. Well, if that's the case, there are ways to, especially if you research early on 
what PA school that you want to go to or what PT school you want to go to, then you know that, okay, within this kinesiology major, it's missing X, Y, and Z courses. Then make sure you take that as your elective sciences or, um, or just like extra classes because you can take up to 18 units. Mm. And I know that within the kinesiology major um, form itself, like the layout of it, in some semesters, you have like 14 units or 15 units. And in those cases, you can pick up those other courses that you know you're going to need for PA school or PT school. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we're running short on time. And I really don't want to hold you. No. Um, but I, I, I'm sorry about that. Um, 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 I want to ask you your perspective on the negatives and positives of this major, like study-wise, um, anything like that, kind of professors, how you need to keep up, how some um, professors are more hands-on, how some professors need you to be more um, open to lectures, anything like that. Do you have any um, advice for those kind of classes? From what I've experienced, I don't know all of the professors in the in the major itself, just because yep, I course. also transferred late in. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm still getting to know these professors. But one thing that I do know for sure is that um, most of these professors are very lecture heavy and they're very information heavy, which isn't a bad thing. It just means that you do need to put in a lot of time and effort into studying and memorizing the material that they put out there. Because the stuff that they tell you, even if it's not on the on a screen, even if it's just verbalized, uh, Dr. J does this a lot. Um, he ha- He says a lot of information that isn't on the screen, but sometimes is very, very relevant for what you want to be doing in the future. And so even if they're just examples, you want to keep those in mind because it'll really help you later on. Um, Probably, I wouldn't, I mean, like any other major, the downside is how much time it takes you to study all of this, because it's going to be a lot of time outside of class. And Mm. It's probably going to be really annoying at first, but it's going to help you a lot, a lot, a lot, if you pour in a lot of time into studying this. Like I said, if you know it like the back of your hand, you're setting yourself up to do really well in your upper division courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, like, that's what I've noticed, too, when I've been a part of um, this major. Like, everything is, like... I'm not going to say memorization because, I mean, for the most part, it kind of is when it comes to, like, knowing your anatomy, knowing your your bones, yeah. all that stuff. And, of course, like, we want to we want to know this universal language, like, when we when we diagnose someone and have to tell the PT, doctor, what's going on, what the situation is. But um, I do agree that it is very time-consuming. Um, it is very time-consuming, and there is a lot of um, time management involved, but which does come up with – come to my next question which is um expectancy of time and the amount of time management you're going to want to put into this um what would you say because are you a part of any uh programs by chance like any clubs anything like that where you have to balance out um work a club and then school work studying anything like that yeah so i work on campus and there's a few clubs that i am involved with but um even though I'm in all of those, uh, 
because my work is work study we're student workers they understand that we have classes and so they make it very flexible when it comes to finding chip covers finding you know um finding ways to help us out like if there's downtime and we finished all the work that we need to do while we're on shift we're allowed to study we're allowed to do homework you know so long as we also stay on top of whatever else needs to get done within the hours that we're working um as for the clubs uh i don't have a at least for one of the clubs that i'm in i don't have a leadership role so the strain of like going to these meetings these club meetings on a weekly basis as a general member is not so taxing because i'm not part of leadership i don't have to be there unless i want to be there Um, and that's a good thing about these clubs if you don't want to go to a meeting or if you can't because you have these things even if you are part of leadership you know there's flexibility there because we're students and at the end of the day we're here to get our degree not to you know stick it out for the club if that makes sense you can always pass on the work to someone else you can always um uh yeah you can just always pass on the work to someone else one of your peers yeah okay um so with your time management how would you give advice with that um i know you as you said you had a lot of clubs which, by the way, would you mind um, naming one of them? One of them is the Pacific Islander Organization. During the fall semester, it's not too bad, but it's the spring semester that gets pretty hectic. And that's all on my own um, because I choose to want to be a part of Luau, uh, which is an annual thing that happens every spring semester. Um, that's my own thing. I choose to be a part of it. I can choose not to, but it's something that I like being a part of. And mm-hmm. so I sacrificed my time in which I could be studying for my class to be a part of it because I feel like, one, it's a good stress reliever, but it op- also opens up, you know, my eyes to a different culture. And that's also something that I personally want to experience in college. But I also make sure that even while I'm in these dances, while I'm practicing for these dances or while, while I'm performing in this, I make sure I still have my time outside of these dance schedules to study for my classes like I personally schedule my study time for certain classes on my calendar just so that like I have a designated time to do so-and-so to study for this class or to study for that class and if I think I need to study more for another class one class over another then I'll edit the times but that's pretty much how I stay on top of my study hours and mm-hmm. my time management but that's just me it could be different for other people i'm not really sure but i know that it works for me yeah yeah and that's good because i mean it is it is different for a lot of people like i i for one have like routine where like i make sure i'm able to follow it day by day and like i already have it memorized it becomes muscle memory but okay. some people do really need to write it down more so they know detail by detail what needs to be done and what doesn't or what they have time for in the, in the future for. Yeah. Um, so it is, I, I really didn't want to keep you longer than I had to, but. Um, no, that's okay. I don't mind. I have nothing else to do today, so. <laughs> okay. um, 
besides time management, besides um, work study clubs, um, your major, your positives, negatives. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on to this? Um, I, I feel like I've gone over the most important things um, with, when it comes to being introduced to this program. Um, like what's going to be expected, of course, what's going to be um, like, what's going to be expected of you when it comes down to your individual um, perspective, like time managing, but anything else you feel is important for these students to, to acknowledge when it comes to stepping into these, uh, this kind of territory? Um, I think my last piece of advice is to go to the labs or to go to the um, seminars that the professors are holding, um, whether the whether it's them showcasing, you know, something in the biomechanics lab, or whether it's them showcasing um, one of their research studies. Um, I think it's definitely beneficial to go in to learn about that and to just see what's going on because one, you're seeing what's relevant in today's society because they're studying what's relevant today and what will benefit the people today. But not only that, it'll also open the door to you seeing what the professor is doing. And if you find it interesting and if you want to be a part of it, it allows you to say like, hey, Professor Dex, hey, or hey, Dr. Dex, hey, Dr. J, hey, Dr. Dubois, you know, I really, really like what you're doing in the study. Like, I'm this year, I'm a freshman, I'm a sophomore, I'm a senior, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would love to learn more about this. Maybe we can talk sometime or I'd love to be a part of this if you would allow me, blah, blah, blah. Just do what you can to open up the doors to all these possibilities, all these options that you have laid out in front of you, even if they're not blatantly shown to you. Okay, sounds good. Thank you very much, Shay. Thank you very much for being a part of the podcast and letting me interview you. Um, It was really a pleasure being able to understand your perspective and um, basically widening my perspective as well when it comes to what you have been able to experience along the way. Yeah, dude, of course. I love doing it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. No problem. You have a nice day. You too. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye.